0: So as I compare two churches, I feel like I almost have to quote the first lines of A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And these two churches actually fit very well with Dickens' description of London and Paris in the late 18th century. We have one church that is spoken of very highly And the other church is one of the two churches that Jesus has nothing good to say about. So, in these two chapters, we've looked at, uh, as of this morning, we will have looked at six of the churches. Two of them, there's nothing bad. Two of them, there's nothing good. And three of them, there's a mix of good and bad. And here, we're going to contrast these two. One, there's nothing bad said about the church of Smyrna. And on the other hand, there's nothing good said about the church at Laodicea. Laodicea, as a name, can often be a metaphor for a church that just does nothing. Let's open our texts this morning as we compare and contrast these two churches, which are separated in situation, but are also similar in where their hope can be found. Revelation chapter 2, verses 8 through 11, is where we will look at the church at Smyrna. To the angel of the church in Smyrna, write the words of the first and last who died and came to life I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. For ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. So, the church at Smyrna is facing opposition. They are facing oppression from outside the church. In most of these letters, the danger to the church is within the church rather than outside the church. Smyrna, however, is being faced with an actual danger outside the church. They are being persecuted, they are facing tribulation and poverty and slander. They are going to be thrown into prison, they are going to be tested. They are going to die. The future for the church at Smyrna from an earthly perspective is dark. Yet, Jesus has nothing negative to say about them. Let's look at our other church this morning. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works, you are neither cold nor hot. This is a church that thinks they are rich, but they are actually poor. So Smyrna says, I'm poor. Jesus says, you're rich. Laodicea says, I'm rich. And Jesus says, you're poor. So these two churches are very much the opposite of one another. Smyrna, the situation, uh, it's a significant commercial city. Lots of commerce runs through them as it goes out to the rest of Asia from uh, Rome and Greece. It's the only one of the seven seven cities that is actually still in existence today as a functioning city. It's modern-day Izmir in Turkey. All the other other cities are merely ruins. This one city still exists and is now called Izmir. Apparently, based on what we see in this text, there is a large Jewish population. it's, It's influential. There are those who say they are Jews but are not. So it seems... Uh, I, I, as, if we understand, if I'm understanding this, say they're Jewish, but are not, it's not talking about their ethnicity. It's talking about the fact that these are Jews who have rejected their Messiah. So they are unfaithful Jews who are oppressing the church, very similar to the opposition that Paul faced all throughout his missionary journeys in Asia Minor. But the fact that he mentions them as those who say they are Jews, it's unlikely that these are Jews. Uh, Asian uh, people from Asia Minor, that they are people from Smyrna who are Gentiles but are trying to pretend that they're Jews. That's an unlikely interpretation of that language. More likely, they are Jews who are not functioning as they ought. It also seems that there was some influence from the imperial cult. We've talked about the imperial cult several times. That's just the idea that Caesar didn't just want to be king. Caesar wanted to be worshipped. And one of the reasons Christians were persecuted so often was that they would not worship Caesar. They would not call Caesar God. There was some influence of that way of thinking in Smyrna. Laodicea, on the other hand, is a very wealthy city. It has three primary industries. The first industry is banking. It's kind of like the Switzerland of the region. All the banking came through Laodicea. So you can imagine... They would be a, a wealthy city um, because everyone who works in banking is loaded, right, Ryan? Uh, but uh, They were bankers, so there's a lot of commerce coming through the city. On the other hand, uh, in addition to banking, they had sheep, and those sheep were special, unique kind of sheep that produced a rich black wool. It was something that, that you couldn't get from any sheep in any other place. You couldn't just transplant them. In fact, there's a lot of belief that it's the water and the region that allows these sheep to have their unique, uh, their unique—it's uh, not fur, wool—that's the word I'm thinking of—have their unique wool coats that were very valuable. And so, if you have the market cornered on a very valuable product, you're also going to be wealthy in that sense. In addition to that, the the mineral waters in the area were able to be used to produce an eye salve. This eye salve was called Phrygian powder. It was something when someone had diseases of the eyes, this powder was sought after as a medical treatment for this disease. And so again, they have the market cornered on this industry, three distinct industries that all work together to make the city of Laodicea a very wealthy city and the people in Laodicea very wealthy. In addition to that, it seems like there's not a lot of persecution happening in Laodicea. Because we get no sense that the church is living in a prosperous city while not prospering. It seems that the church in Laodicea was able to just fit right in with the culture, and they were not facing oppression. There's no mention of oppression in this text. A part of that undoubtedly is because the church at Laodicea wasn't a great church. It's easy to fit in when you don't try and stand against the pressures of culture. Another unique characteristic of Laodicea that comes into play in this text is that there was no water supply in the city. In order to get water, you had to go to the mineral springs that, that played a role in the sheep and the, the eye salve. You had to go to those mineral springs six miles away from town. Now that's a long way when you have to walk everywhere. So they ended up building an aqueduct. So the water would come from these hot springs and it would come down the aqueduct and it would make it six miles before it got into the city. Now you can imagine how that water would taste. It's this minerally water coming from a hot spring. Has anyone ever been to Yellowstone? Uh, How does it smell? Not great. That's the water that they're drinking uh, this past summer. My family and I went to Thermopolis in Wyoming, and they have a free public hot spring. So they they piped the water down from the hot spring into this hot tub, basically, and you can sit in it and smell like that for the next three days, because no matter how many times you wash, it's absorbed into your skin. That's the water that they had to drink in Laodicea. It started out hot, and it certainly didn't get cold running through the hot summer heat. You can see where this might come up in a few minutes as we walk through this church. So these two cities are very different. However, the letter that they receive comes from the same person. The church at Smyrna receives a letter from Jesus, and he describes himself in this way. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, The words of the first and the last who died and came to life. Jesus gives himself two titles. Again, these titles, as in all of these letters, are relevant to the instruction. Jesus is the first and last. The warning to the church at Smyrna is that they're going to face oppression. They're going to face persecution. They're going to be thrown into jail. Some of them are going to die. They are going to be slandered. Yet Jesus, to start with, says, I am the first and the last. The slander ends, Jesus does not end. The opposition the church at Smyrna would face would come to an end, but Jesus, who is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, he exists beyond any persecution that they're going to face. It's important to settle that in their mind. Not only that, he is the one who died and came to life. The complete opposite of every other person that lived. Everyone else lives and then dies. Jesus dies and then comes to life. And so what a comfort that would be to a church that Jesus is about to say, some of you are going to die. Well, who's telling them some of you are going to die? The one who already did die and then came to life afterwards. And so Jesus' character grounds the message to Smyrna. The persecuted church must be reminded that there is security to be found in Christ, no matter how brutal or how long-lasting persecution is. Even if it ends in death, if you are being persecuted for Christ's sake, you are being persecuted for someone who lasts longer than persecution, has already conquered death in the grave. And the church at Smyrna is reminded of this. But the same Jesus writes to the church at Laodicea. Verse 14 of chapter 3. To the angel of the church at Laodicea, write the words of the Amen. It's settled. The faithful and true witness. The beginning of God's creation. So in the titles given to the church at Laodicea, there's an emphasis on the fact that Jesus is trustworthy. He is the Amen. The so be it. It is settled. But He is faithful and true as well. He is someone who can be trusted. He is someone who can be relied upon. What a contrast to the church at Laodicea, which just blends into the culture around them. They're lukewarm. The same temperature any glass of water will be if you sit it on your table for a day. They just blend in. They become like the culture surrounding them. He is also called the beginning of God's creation. This calls to mind the the hymn of Colossians chapter 1. He has preeminence. He is the firstborn of all creation. He is above creation. All creation descends from Him, has their existence from Him, John chapter 1, He is the Word. Without Him there is nothing that is. And so, in writing to the church at Laodicea, Jesus reminds them that He is reliable even though they are not. He reminds them that He is preeminent, that He has first place even though they think that they have first place. They think that they're the ones who are preeminent. And so, Jesus has a message to them. The same Jesus in both places, different churches, the same Lord, and the exact opposite problem. Verse number nine of chapter two. In Smyrna, the problem is tribulation and poverty. How comforting, though, that Jesus starts saying, I know your tribulation and poverty. Jesus is not caught surprised by their tribulation and prov- poverty, he knows. He he is able, the first and the last, the one who died and rose again, is aware of the suffering that they are experiencing. I know your tribulation. I know your poverty. But you are actually rich. I know the slander of those that say that they are Jews, but are not. But are a synagogue of Satan. So the church at Smyrna suffers tribulation, poverty, slander. Now, if you are a follower of Christ and the culture at that time, you're going to be put out from everyone around you. You're going to be cut off. And so, as we've seen in other texts, this would go over into the field of your career. You would not have career opportunities because you're one of those Christians. The Romans would call you an atheist because you would not worship Caesar as God. You, they would call the Christians atheists. They won't worship the God we tell them to, so they must not worship God. You'd be separated from the guilds that allowed you to make a living. You'd be separated from your families, which you could rely on at other times. And so the result of this, and particularly in Smyrna apparently, is tribulation, poverty, and slander. They experience this at the hands of those who say that they are Jews, but are not. So it seems like these are people claiming to be following the God of the Bible, but in reality, not following him. Much like the book of Acts tells us over and over and over again as the missionaries, the apostles, traveled throughout uh, uh, Europe and Asia and continually faced oppression from the Jews who would not let go of their old system of religion, who would not accept the grace of Christ, which frees them from the curse of the law. He describes these people as a synagogue of Satan. They claim they're worshiping God. They go to the synagogue. They gather together and claim to be worshiping God, but they reject the true Messiah. And so these Jews are described as a synagogue of Satan oppressing the church. However, in spite of all of this, we see no indication that the church at Smyrna has lost its faith. We see no indication of them just lightly blending into the world around them. We see no indication uh, of them giving up any of the truth that has been revealed to them through the apostles' ministry to them. They're steadfast, so much so that Jesus can say to them, you are rich. You are rich. You may look poor. You may look like you are oppressed. The world around you may be in opposition to you, but you are rich because the one who is the first and the last who died and came to life is on your side. Yet the complete opposite of true is true of the church at Laodicea. Chapter 3, verse 15, I know your works. And what works are they? Usually that's an introduction to good works that are coming, not here. You are neither cold nor hot. would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For I say, I am rich, I have prospered. you say. You say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind and naked. The Laodiceans could not have been more different than the church at Smyrna. They're described as lukewarm. Now, this, this, the historic understanding of this text, I think, is a little bit weak. A lot of the time, and I know this is how I heard it being taught when I was growing up, the idea is that there's cold and hot. Jesus wishes you were either on fire serving him or just totally his enemy rather than being somewhere in the middle. And that's, uh, if you heard that explanation of the, the cold and hot, I don't think that's a great explanation. Uh, I don't think it makes a lot of sense for Jesus to say, I just wish that you were really super wicked. Uh, I, I don't, that's not consistent with the testimony of Scripture. However, when we take into account the historical background, what we know of the area, lukewarm water would have been one of the biggest downsides of living in the city of Laodicea. They're close to some fresh springs. Well, not that close, but th- there are other cities in the area that have fresh, cold springs. They're close to the mineral waters, but by the time it gets to Laodicea, if it was cold when it came out of a spring and it comes to Laodicea, is it going to be cold when it gets there? Probably not. If it was hot when it came out of the spring, well, that hot water, that hot spring water, that's useful. The, The mineral properties of it are helpful, but by the time it gets to Laodicea, it loses that. So I think what's actually being said about the church of Laodicea is... They're just nothing. They're they're useless. They've just blended into the world around them. All water ends up room temperature if you leave it sitting out. But the church of Christ is supposed to be useful and it's supposed to be different. It's supposed to stand out in the culture. The church at Laodicea was profitable. They were rich. They were wealthy. They were clothed. They were healthy. They had all these good things going for them. Why? Why? because they just blended right in with the culture around them. They weren't any different from the world. They took on the characteristics of the world around them, just like a cup of water sitting on your kitchen table for a few hours would do. They take on those characteristics, and they think they're successful, because no one's mad at them. No one dislikes them. I mean, look at those guys over in Smyrna. They're being oppressed. If they could just figure out how we do church here... In Laodicea, no one's mad at us. We must be the healthy church in this picture. Yet Jesus says, you think you are wealthy. You think you are healthy. You think you are clothed. Again, thinking banking, the wool, and the medical. All those characteristics of Laodicea. Jesus says, you think you have those things going for you. But in reality... You are wretched, you're pitiable, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. You are not clothed in rich wool from Jesus' perspective just because you're clothed in rich wool from a human perspective. You are not wealthy in Jesus' perspective just because you have an easily measurable bank account. You are not uh, healthy in Jesus' eyes simply because you don't have a sickness or an illness. There is more at stake than the here and now. The church at Smyrna realizes that. The church at Smyrna says, oppress me, but I have Jesus. The church at Laodicea says, I don't have Jesus, bless me. They take completely opposite tracks on dealing with their relationship with the world around them. So these two churches are very different. But just as this letter comes from the same person to each of them, they both have the same hope. The hope for the church at Smyrna. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison. Now, if I'm trying to convince someone not to be afraid, the next sentence I say is probably not you're going to go to prison. But Jesus is getting, trying to get them to look beyond their circumstances. Do not fear. You're going to go to prison. But don't be afraid of that. Do not fear. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. For ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. So their hope is to be faithful even unto death, with the result being that Jesus will give them a crown of life. The contrast between their earthly experience of death and the heavenly experience of a crown of life. Jesus makes this promise to them. The one who is the first and last. The one who died and came to life again. But that same hope is also present in the church at Laodicea. I counsel you. There's still hope, Laodicea. Here's how you must respond. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. And resting in Jesus and his victory over death. And Laodicea, their hope is also found in Jesus. Saying, stop looking at the Laodicean markets for things to make you wealthy. Instead, buy from me. Jesus says, buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. Buy from me white garments so that you may clothe yourself. And the shame of your naked might not be seen. Buy from me, salve, to anoint your eyes so that you may see. The church at Laodicea is pointed towards Jesus just like the church at Smyrna. When the church faces oppression and suffering... They must respond to that by looking to Jesus and saying, Jesus lasts longer than the suffering, so I will hold on to him through the suffering, through the oppression, through the sickness, through the loss, through the pain. I will grab on to Jesus because he is more secure. He is longer lasting. He is more worthy of my trust than myself and the world around me. And the same message is there for the church at Laodicea. And when the church is in times of prosperity, where does Jesus direct them? Don't look at the world around you. Look to me. Buy from me gold. Buy from me I sell. Buy from me clothes. Jesus has the same message to both churches who are in completely opposite situations and responding in a completely different way. This ought to be incredibly encouraging to us. This is not a message that's really hard for us to think of how could it apply to our church. Because literally, when you combine these two churches, if you're rich or you're poor, and we're all one of those, if you're rich or you're poor, Jesus is better than that anyway. If you're healthy or you're sick, Jesus is better than that anyway. If you're clothed or you're naked, Jesus is better than that anyway. We share the same Hope. The opposite problem requires the same response. Don't be afraid. Tribulation's coming. In Smyrna, 10 days of tribulation is coming. As with many things in the book of Revelation, if you try and understand 10 days of, of, of tribulation coming, open up your commentary, look at it. They'll give you like, here's the eight things that this could possibly mean. Um, this is one of those. It could mean that literally there's going to be a 10-day intense persecution. It could be a reference back to Daniel, who was tested for 10 days when they wouldn't eat the king's meat in Babylon. Okay, so that's, uh, that's possible. Uh, it could be just a generic reference to a short time. It could be uh, a contrast between the shortness of life on the earth versus eternity in heaven. I, I don't know. I, I can't really stake my flag in any one of those, but the message is clear. Tribulation doesn't last as long as Jesus lasts. Tribulation ends before Jesus ends. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Look to Jesus for true meaning. So we have two very different churches in two very different situations who need to look to the same place for their hope. And the end result is a similar result. Because the very end of the letter to the church at Smyrna says, "...do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. For ten days you will have tribulation." Be faithful unto death, and I will, then I will, give you the crown of life. So what happens if the church at Smyrna is faithful? If the church in Smyrna looks to Jesus when they are oppressed, there will be a crown. There will be a crown of life. How about the church at Laodicea? The one who conquers. I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So the church at Laodicea, what's the the promise for them? They will sit on a throne. Smyrna, you get a crown. Laodicea, you sit on a throne. Again, very similar results. These very different churches must look to Christ. Now, in many ways, we are the church of Laodicea. We are prosperous. We live in America. We live in an advanced society. The poorest among us us is better off than most people 100 years ago. So, in many ways, we are in one. We live in a nation that, for the most part, I'm sure we can all disagree some on this and and. Uh, have some resistance for the most part. Our nation gives freedom of religion. Uh, We're not too concerned about that changing in the short-term future. Some maybe are more concerned than others, but either way, we've got it pretty good. Yet, individually, some of us might be feeling like Smyrna. Some of us might be feeling pretty miserable today. Maybe there's a relationship that's strained in your life. Maybe there's physical illness that you're experiencing this morning. Maybe it's just really stinking hot in here. We're all going to feel a little bit of each of these. But what's so encouraging, and I never would have preached these two messages together if we hadn't had to cancel a service because of a snowstorm, which seems kind of odd to mor- this morning. Yet, I was so grateful as I did that and was trying to figure out how am I going to get through seven churches because I can't just add another week to the end of this series. I was so grateful that the Lord used that to show, look, these two churches are the exact opposite. These two churches should be looked at together because all of our lives, we're going to be somewhere in this spectrum. All of our lives, we're going to have a little Laodicea going on. We're going to have a little Smyrna going on. We're gonna have a little bit of prosperity. We're gonna have a little bit of suffering. None of us are immune from either, either ditches on the side of this road, yet the hope is the same. When your body is not cooperating with you, when it seems like every new day is a new problem with your body. Right now, we're at that stage with our car. It just seems like one thing after the other. Bodies do the same thing, right? Over time, it gets a few too many miles on it, and this organ goes, and that organ goes, and this thing. You don't even know what's wrong. It just feels miserable all the time. That happens. Yet in that time, where's our hope? That kind of Smyrna time, where's our hope? It's in Jesus. Some of us are going to get to points where we get promotions at work, where suddenly the the financial concerns we may have had at one time are alleviated. We don't have to worry about that. The difference between being the person who always opens their their, uh, banking app on their phone to check their balance before buying groceries and the person who just buys groceries, we've all probably been on both sides of that. And it's much more pleasant to be on the side where you don't have to think about it. Yet in either case, where is our hope? When there is prosperity, we must look to Christ. When there is suffering, we must look to Christ. There is no exception in our life where Jesus is less valuable than something else. There is no point in our life when there is something that is of greater value than Jesus, whether it's prosperity or suffering. Jesus is over all. He is the first and the last. He is the one who died and came to life. He is the amen. He is the faithful and true. Hold on to Jesus. Grab on to him. He is where meaning comes from. He is where hope comes from. That even when this body dies, it can be raised again with him. He's already conquered death. He has already made available salvation to us through his sacrifice. This morning, as every week, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together. This morning is a little bit special We're going to partake of both ordinances together, eventually. And both of these ordinances are necessary for the church at Laodicea and the church at Smyrna. In a few minutes, Emily and I are going to walk out into the lake. She's going to be baptized. That baptism symbolizes not just washing. This is why we immerse. It's not just that she is being cleansed from her sin, which is true but she is literally picturing the fact that with Jesus, she is buried. She is buried and raised again. She is dead to herself. She's picturing that. She's doing it publicly. She is calling for us to hold her accountable to that. She is reminding us that we also have been buried in death and raised to walk in newness of life. And so, as we participate in this baptism, we all are looking to Jesus. We all, whether we're in a a Laodicea situation or a Smyrna situation, we're all being reminded that our hope is found in Christ. But also, this morning, we partake of the Lord's Supper. Another vivid picture of the gospel of Jesus Jesus' body was broken, his blood was shed for our sins. He is our only hope. He is the first and last. He is the one who died and came to life. And so we remind ourselves through baptism and through the Lord's Supper that Jesus gave himself as a sort of heavenly food. He is the bread of life. And as we partake of communion, we remind ourselves of that. He is a sacrifice for our sins. As we drink that cup, we are reminded of the sacrificial nature of Christ's death. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And we need that. We need that this week. Whether this is one of those weeks where you feel like the church at Laodicea and everything goes well, or you feel like the church at Smyrna and everything goes poorly. In both situations, we need Christ.